0: Hi, my friends at Future Primitive. This week, we are presenting a talk that I was invited to give at the Women's Visionary Congress. This is about consciousness, healing, and social justice. The talk that I gave was on the weekend of July 27, 29, 2012. This is a wonderful conference. It is a gathering of visionary women, healers, scholars, activists, and artists who study consciousness and altered states. I would like to thank Annie Oak very much for inviting me, as well as Carolyn Garcia, who has been a wonderful support. So I hope you enjoy this talk.
1: Moved by the music of the times and the spirit of revolution sweeping through her generation, she began her exploration of mind-liberating substances. In 1972, after numerous encounters with the elite of rock and roll, Anita Pallenberg introduced her to Dr. Timothy Leary in Switzerland. Leary was a fugitive from prison in the U.S., They became lovers, were kidnapped by American authorities in Afghanistan and returned to California where Leary went back to prison to serve a sentence based on the possession of 0.1 grams of marijuana. During Leary's three and a half years in prison, Joanna worked tirelessly to secure his release. She lived in San Francisco where she collaborated, published and distributed the six books he wrote in prison. Joanna traveled to England, Italy, and across the United States, lecturing about the imprisonment of Dr. Leary. In 1977, Timothy and Joanna's love affair came to an end after he was released from prison. Joanna lived with her son by Tim, Marlon, in the Caribbean on her boat named Kentra. In 1983, she returned to the United States, surrendered herself to the path of lifelong sobriety and became a celebrated chef in Philadelphia and Santa Fe. Joanna is the creator and producer of the website www.futureprimitive.org, which is part of the Marion Institute. Her podcasts of interviews with authors, visionaries, and innovators from around the world have become well known and her website gets about 85,000 listeners per year. She has written for various publications, has given numerous writing workshops, and also writes poetry. She has three grown-up children and three grandchildren. Here's Joanna. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: good to be home so many faces that I feel like I've seen before and probably since I did grow up in the 60s and 70s I have seen you before (laughs) but I don't remember (laughs) so I wanted to say that this is the story about how love found me in all the wrong
1: places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And in a way that's our story. I mean, what we have now is we have a tribe of people like Carol was talking about the other night, um, like Nikki talked about. In a way we have a tribe, we are a tribe of people who have been washed clean in a certain way i would say that our our dear companions psychedelic substances are solvents are universal solvents and as far as i'm concerned i wouldn't say that anybody brainwashed me but i would say very clearly that i've taken great care to wash my own brain. (laughs) I haven't hung it out to dry yet, but, you know, I don't want to burn out at this point. (laughs) So I'm just going to read you a little passage uh, that I wrote a short while ago because I'm writing um, an article for Reality Sandwich about my LSD experiences. And this is, not, uh, this is not edited or anything, but here it is. And this event, well, skip that. Uh, for six months, I had been driven to the California Men's Colony, the prison that Timothy had escaped from and the prison he had been brought back to after our illegal capture in Afghanistan. <laughs> Something beyond words brought us together inside the LSD experience. Timothy and I met in a place where the boundaries of ordinary life dissolved into infinity. I had recognized our connection the first night we tripped together at the house in Switzerland where we met, both guided to the same space by incredible acts of of serendipity. At 26 years old, I had taken LSD half a dozen times before meeting the one who called himself high priest. Down in the basement of his rented house, right by the Swiss Lake, we had ingested a large amount of Albert Hoffman's problem child. Each time for me was an act of bravery. Every time, the last time, or the first time. The start of the explorer's adventure, or more accurately, the uncontrollable zone. Since childhood, I felt like my mind was a torturous place. Strawn with terrifying landmines. I like to swallow the pill that flipped the switch to the land beyond my fragile ego. I always remember Jimi Hendrix. See you in the next world. Don't be late. Mm-hmm. TL's yellow Porsche 911 Targa a make, uh, was a makeshift space capsule. Timothy... Could, uh, could drive excellently on acid. His modern perspective did not seem to impair the functioning of his practical mind. For me, 45 minutes after taking LSD, any simple movement of my body in space was absolutely baffling. <laughs> I marveled at things like my own breathing, anything I did, scintillated with a thousand meanings. Colors and shapes appeared when I moved my hands and feet. Guess you can relate. (laughs) I felt Timothy's presence next to me driving the car through the snow-covered mountains, but I I could not tell if this was interstellar traveling or simply a journey between one mountain village to another. Ease and awe was what I felt emanating from my newfound companion. I sensed the protective feeling that came from a father and a lover all rolled into this handsome middle-aged man. LSD cursed through my veins. Timothy Leary had eloped with me. We came from different life stories, but a few days before at his house, on the lake, we had converged like two clouds in the same sky. I was 26 years old. Uh, Not only my mother was a narcissistic socialite, uh, but I was a narcissistic socialite. (laughs) With a lot of questions. A lot of questions. I don't advocate suffering and much more than that I don't advocate not knowing that you're suffering which was the place where I was narcissistic remember Um, but suffering definitely made me uh, inquisitive and curious and wanting to have answers so I found this man and it was the time of Especially for a European young woman, stand by your man, find the alpha male, have him take care of you, where is she? Um, In other words, score the man with the best drugs. Um, You know, (laughs) that was my time. I was reckless, but I wasn't stupid. <laughs> so, or I should say, I was reckless and stupid. <laughs> um, so I find this guy, and uh, I haven't read his books. All I, I've done is one time I was lying in a bathtub when I was pregnant out to here with somebody else's child, and I heard the moody blues. Timothy Leary's dead, na 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 I was on acid, um, but you know, that really penetrated me, and that's about all, that's about all. I got that message, Timothy Leary is dead, and now I found him through a set of incredible um, serendipities. So anyway, that Timothy Leary character, he's 53, I'm 26, I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm dressing like a hippie because I love the fashions. I mean, I had some gypsy skirts like you can't imagine and granny shirts and the whole thing. I mean, I looked the part. And this guy says to me, you've come to free me. You're my perfect love. And you've come to free me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, sure, why not? (laughs) Pass the joint, you know? Um, And he and I tripped for 49 days. (laughs) 49 days, Bardo, a lot of you know about that we were in this bardo together for 49 days except i heard that she was going to get captured something like that but how could i ever imagine what was going to happen it was it was impossible you know i had um the kind of hurt that i was aware of in those days is that my family hadn't thrown a debutante ball for me, but they had for my sister. I mean, I was not yet superficially deep. <laughs> I, was, I was just superficial. Uh, the only thing that had depth for me was that I had taken LSD. And it had definitely blown my mind, if not yet, my heart. So anyway, uh, we don't have much time here, but um, we make our way to Afghanistan in the craziest, craziest way. This, this sidekick, he had a sidekick with this guy called Dennis and he said, why don't you go to Afghanistan? Because there you'll be able to get somebody that'll give you money and that way you can go to Ceylon and you can you can be on the beach. And Timothy says to me, yeah that's what I need? I need to be a poet on the beach with my beloved. (laughs) And I'm high on acid and I'm going, wow, that sounds really cool. (laughs) And so we went to Afghanistan, it's a long story. We got to Afghanistan, the third secretary of the um, the American embassy seized our passport. We ended up in a filthy, uh, in a filthy prison room. Uh, I had hepatitis to the max because I had drunk the water from the Ganges that Timothy's daughter brought back from India. You know, um, you know, uh, codependency will <laughs> cost you not only money but your health. <laughs> But um, so we, uh, after about four days of being in that, uh, in that dirt floor together, uh, he explained to me that we were going to be brought back to the United States. And I had never been to California. And I especially, I didn't understand what this story could be about. You know, it was, it was just, I mean, first of all, Being arrested, I've never, it's strange, till this day, I have never been arrested. I was stopped once for speeding. Um, Well, that's because I've been clever with hiding my drugs. Um, But anyway, um, he tells me we're, we're gonna be brought back to the United States. And uh, we end up in first class on this airplane and uh, from Kabul. And uh, the airplane is going from Kabul to Tehran and then to Paris. And there are all these DEA agents behind us which happened to be called BNDD in those days. And um, He said, well, we're captives here. And um, so I got up and I wrote, this is Dr. Timothy Leary on many pieces of paper. Uh, We're being kidnapped. Please call the authorities when we land in Paris and, you know, make the authorities aware. Because this was the first extraordinary rendition in the other direction, but it was an extraordinary rendition. There was no extradition treaty with the United States. So anyway, as soon as I had dropped these little papers on people's laps on the plane and came back to sit with him, voice came over the, uh, the PA system and went, uh, this plane will no longer uh, land in Paris, Charles de Gaulle, this plane will land in Frankfurt instead. And it's at that moment, it's a f- terrible moment because it's at that moment that I realized that we were ants in the clutches of people who could make passenger planes change course and who knew what else was gonna happen. I'll skip over the fact that Timothy Leary uh, was um, arrested and taken back to prison and uh, he handed me his address book and he said, free me, free me.
1: Mm. (laughs) And I
0: thought, well, I'll just talk to Richard Nixon. (laughs) This is going to be easy. (laughs) (laughs) I had never been to visit somebody in a prison yet. Um. It's a very strange thing. People, some people here know a lot about it. But the clicking of the doors, um, the fact that for three and a half years, my lover came in um, from another door. I became obsessed by the fact that from the moment they took him away, we never came in through the same door anymore while he was in prison so he had no money absolutely no money I didn't understand what was going on and um, this malefic character that had been his sidekick in Switzerland and had been um, had flown with us to Afghanistan showed up And uh, he told me that uh, Timothy was alone. He was abandoned by everybody. Nobody cared about him. And um, in fact, nobody really came and talked to me. Um, I felt like I was the total outsider. I was the strange attractor. I had no place in the hippie movement. Um, I should say that at that time there was already, you know, just like I say today, there's a Buddhist aristocracy. You know, the first generation of Buddhists that came to America. There there was also a hippie aristocracy to a certain degree. And um, And people were afraid. I mean, this story is one of the stories, one of them, of the downfall of the 60s. I mean, people had been made terribly afraid. Um, The uh, Jay Gohova-Nixon gang was there to exterminate the people from the 60s and anybody who was guilty by association. And I remember a particular day where I went in, well, I have to say that Timothy was extremely drugged when he was in prison. He was given enormous doses of Thorazine. Um, He became more and more um, retired inside himself he was in solitary confinement i mean we were in court to ask for things like giving something better than a 25 watt bulb you know and a and a table bolted to the to the to the ground you know this is a long story but i'd like to try to move on really quickly and um you know Nobody helped me. And I don't say this from a victim place. I say this from the place of, it was 1973, the 60s were drowning, people had been assassinated, Um, everybody had to save their own skin. I found myself in front of an unbelievable problem. I mean I loved this man. I discovered love for the first time. I really, really did. I mean people have been talking about the loves of their lives. Timothy Leary was one of the loves of my life. I mean I loved that man. And I saw him tortured. I saw him in a padded cell. I saw his head shaved and blood caked all over his uh, skull. Um, some people might have this experience. I would go to visit him in prison and there were cavity surges. Uh, people put their fingers up my vagina. Uh, There was no complaining about that. I mean, what did I know? I was not an activist. I was a political person. Um, And I was a woman who didn't know she could complain about this kind of thing. So um, there was a lot of humiliation, a lot. And um, Humiliation is something that I'd experienced a lot in my childhood and growing up. Um, humiliation, by the way, has been the fate of women for a long, long time. And um, much of the humiliation that I experienced as a woman, and what I thought it was normal. What can I say? You know, I was uh, I was 43 years old when I discovered that uh, s- sexual abuse and rape of a child was not normal. Okay? That's the world that I lived in. And so one day I went to the prison and I said to Timothy Leary, who are you? And he said, um, I'm a philosopher. And I said... Uh, That's why I love you. You're a philosopher. And um, I said to him, but there's one thing that I see that you've done, and that is that you told all these people to turn on, tune in, drop out, and then what? And then what? So if you're a philosopher, did you have no... Did you have no answers for after the turn-on, tune-in, drop-out? Isn't the phase where we come down from LSD, the phase of re-entering and re-imprinting, isn't that the most, to me, the most important phase of the trip? And you, you disappeared. Whether you went to prison or whether you escaped from prison, you disappeared. So, um, I said to him, um, well, if you're a philosopher, then why don't you speak up to the authorities that, um, imprison you and claim being a philosopher? And, um, that's when he said to me, okay, send a telegram to the FBI and tell them that I will collaborate with them. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know you people. I did not know the people whose lives would be in danger. I had no relationship with the people. Whose lives would be endangered by my own actions. I was not a political person. I didn't understand. For me, the Vietnam War was something I watched on TV in Switzerland while the boats were running down the lake. So um, for the next year and a half, Timothy used me as his guided missile. As he collaborated with the DEA, the FBI, the District Attorney of California, the Chicago Task Force on the Weatherman, he just used me as his guided missile. And he said, and when I get out, We'll have a baby, and we'll be poets on the beach in Ceylon.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not Laguna <the> Beach. <laughs> and so I realized, little by little, I look, would look at myself in the mirror, and it didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. And I realized that I looked at myself in the mirror one day, and I said to myself, I'm insane. And I'm so grateful for that realization. You know, everybody breaks their bowl on some rock. Somebody said that before here today, whatever your rock is, welcome rock. And so, I wanna tell you what I mean by insane. By insane, I mean, I know I'll stand up straight because I've come home. I don't feel I'm in exile anymore. I'm a good woman. And what I meant by insane was that I couldn't look anybody in the eye anymore. I was completely isolated. If anybody tried to look at me, I looked at the ground. I looked away. There was no value between, there was no meaning between me and another person because I was so broken and I was so broken that I was insane because sanity is relationship. Sanity is what we have here. Sanity is what we've done with each other this weekend. Sanity, sanity, leads to love. meaning. Timothy got out of prison. He 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 abandoned me because uh, you know it's necessary for him to blame me, so that uh, he could get back into his his clans, his society, his tribal affiliations. So, she did it. You know, and um, and a horrible thing I'll say to our Ph.D. here feminist is that already in 1976 already I mean still blamed the ca- the young the cabaret girl was blamed not the professor. <laughs> Got it. You know, Adam didn't eat the apple. She made me do it. And from then on, I mean, I I was pregnant with Timothy's child and he didn't talk to me anymore. And uh, I was six months pregnant and I pick up the LA Times and there's a whole page in the LA Times, an article that he gave about she did it. She did it. And... Damn the people who believed it You know uh, It makes me a feminist <laughs> Believe me It makes me a feminist And proud to be a woman And knowing that Responsibility is 50-50 And we're all Androgynous And we all have male and female And nobody made anybody do it
1: Yeah
0: Thank you, Madam. Thank you, everybody. So, you know, I um, I went into John Lilly in a um, in a photo shop in LA <laughs> um, after I had this child from Timothy. And I I'd never met John Lilly, but my whole life is like this. I never met John Lilly, but I said to John Lilly, I broke into a thousand pieces. I think everybody who comes down the street is gonna kill me. And this was not paranoia, believe me. (laughs) I mean, when you've participated in busting the biggest um, um, pro-counterculture lawyers and so on, uh, somebody's gonna come down the street and probably kill you, especially if you did it, you know? So I said to John Lee, what should I do? And John Lilly said, uh, well, I think you're kind of, this was California, she she said, I think you're kind of done with the planet and this continent.
1: Uh, My
0: advice is get a sailboat (laughs) and get out there on the ocean (laughs) because I don't think you've got anything left on the continent. (laughs) So by serendipity everything, by serendipity, by incredible miracles, by the miracles of teaching me how to love and to surrender, which is what it's all about. I mean, I was so ashamed of everything that I wouldn't surrender to any human being. But believe me, when you're on the ocean on a sailing boat, you got to surrender to her or you will die. And so... I had my bottle of vodka, a bottle of cognac, and my bottle of champagne, and a sailboat, and I'd uh, tried to kill myself by jumping off the boat, and then somehow, I'd climb back on. <laughs> 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 and, um, and nothing from Timothy Leary, nothing. Timothy Leary got remarried. Uh, he adopted another woman's child that was happened to be the same ages the child I had with him. Um, But one day, I I was taken to a detox clinic. And uh, that's not, you know, that's important. But what's important is each person in my life has carried me. Across the bridge, and in that detox place, I ran into a doctor, and he was everything I hated. He had orange hair like Reagan. Uh, and, you know, Ronald Reagan had orange hair, and he had polyester pants. And um, I mean, and I sat down, and he said to me, um, he looked at me, and went. Who do you think you are? And I went, Joanna And it was over. He looked at me and he said, "Uh, There's nothing left of that. With such compassion, with such compassion that he busted my heart open I don't know what his name is never saw him again and I said um, this was 28 years ago and I said um, I'm leaving here now and he said fine he took me to the bus and um, got on that bus and I faced the fact that I was naughty. You know, like it takes to to nobody. (laughs) 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 And it was good, it was good because my arrogance almost killed me. Hiding, pretending pretending, pretending, until it all just disintegrated. And then it's been a really good road. It's been a good road, people. I waited 10 years before I took LSD again. It's been a good road because uh, People have hugged me a lot. And people have loved me a lot. And I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I mean, I the bank owns. I rent the car from the bank, you know. <laughs> I don't own anything. I don't own a house. I don't own, I don't, I'm not, I not I don't own anything. <laughs> I mean, and my things, my things, I don't even have any things. But, you know, the great thing is that I've learned that I can wake up every morning and I can say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just before that vulture is almost sitting on my shoulder. Thank you. (laughs) And then I've learned that what my job is. My job is... Every moment of every day that I meet anyone, I will shine on them. And you know what? 98.7% of the people will shine right back, right back. And I love that. I'm addicted to love. I'm addicted to relationship. I know why I'm here. I'm here to connect so I just want to say a few words about um, when I took LSD um, after I was 11 years sober and what I wanted to know is I, I wanted to know we we, talk, we spoke about here at this conference we spoke about religion and spirituality well I I, I, I don't no, I can't do religion, but... Yeah. <laughs> But he spoke about when I took that LSD and I went up into the mountains in uh, in New Mexico. Uh, I wanted to see if this spirituality, which was, uh, which for me was about being connected to everything. I wanted to see if this spirituality was skin deep. You know, you always have to check if you're pre- if you're pretending, or at least I always have to check. So, um, but everything appeared to me as so beautiful. I mean, beauty, beauty in every tree, every leaf, every pebble, every, everything, everything, the sky. You know, uh, I had lost, I had lost country, I had lost money. I had lost family, I'd lost my children, I'd lost everything. And you know what? In that moment, I knew and I know to the deepest, deepest place it might be that I belong with you and you belong with me. Mm-hmm. And that's my dignity.